Hello everyone, this is Alfie and welcome to the sixth episode of Sign On Crew. This time I will be answering some of the frequent questions that you might have about what it's like living on board a cruise ship and I hope you enjoy it. Sign On Crew is a show about revealing and sharing the shipboard, job secrets, taboos, and not that secret stories from crew members, so you can make informative decisions and smarter choices when it comes to whether or not applying for a job as a crew member on board a cruise ship. Today's episode is Frequent Questions of a Crew Member Life. Hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Sign On Crew. My name is Bernie, and I'm going to be your guest host of this episode. But don't panic, Alfie is also here with us, but this time he will be answering some of the questions that you may have of what it's like living on board a cruise ship. So, without further ado, Alfie, thank you for having me here and for giving me the chance to get first-hand answers of what an outsider like me has about the life of this fascinating world of cruise ships and traveling all around the globe. Well, thank you, Bernie, for being here and uh, accepting the invitation. Okay, so let's start with the questions. Alfie, how long did you work on board the ships? I worked about eight years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I started in 2010. I think it was July. And then I finished my shipboard career on January this year, 2019. Do you have any specific reason why you decided to quit your previous job? I particularly thought that it was just that cycle It was already concluded. I believe you you can learn just so much of stuff. And I also want to settle. That's the whole reason. But I consider that definitely was a great experience and something that I will never change for. So following this line, uh, can you tell me what are the things that someone will enjoy the most working as a crew member? I think one of the fascinating stuff is just basically getting to know people from all over the the world, different nationalities, and just you start feeling like they are part of your family. You're just there for pretty much about five months, depends on how long your contract is, but from five months onwards, and you basically see them every day. And the traveling is just about visiting different places and getting to know different cultures uh, without the cruise ship itself or without this job, I couldn't really have that opportunity to travel to so many places. But when it comes to the other side, like what are the things that you were missing of living like on on land? Well, one of the basic things is just you miss your actual family, no? You uh, hardly can get to see them or in special locations or such as birthdays and even weddings and funerals as well. Just sad stuff where you can be supporting them. Uh, you miss that all uh, since you are away. And while you are on board the ship, the internet connection is a bit limited of what you can get. Besides, it's just prices are are high, no? So for you to communicate with them, it is a bit hard and you definitely miss an everyday life as well. Uh, you might think while you're just in your everyday life that you could go to the cinema no anytime you want even though you work uh, for eight nine hours whatever the time you work at the end of your shift you know you definitely you just go ahead and and you can go uh, and enjoy a movie or enjoy uh, a performance from a, a theater or whatever you uh, a concert perhaps that you want to attend you you can do it Uh, throughout the weekends and so on. So as uh, crew members, we do not really get to see the cinema unless you have a very, very long break and you definitely don't want to spend your hours at the cinema when you're traveling to particular ports of call or certain locations where you could either be in a museum. So there's just some give and takes uh, when it comes to just working on board. You just have to be grateful about where you at at that particular point and that's the way that I see it. Following this line also, um, you have mentioned some of the not so good things. In case of a personal emergency where you're in the middle of the sea, how can you leave the boat? Is it possible for you to do so? If you are definitely ill and it's something that you have to be attended in a hospital, there is the means to, to, to leave the ship. As a crew member myself, I never particularly experienced I have to leave for a medical emergency myself. However, I was part of a team that is called care team uh, that you get trained for. 
and this company that, that I was working for. And what we basically did is just during our training, we, we were trained about just how to deal with medical uh, situations, emergencies, and just to support the guests or crew in case of either massive emergency or mass- massive casualty or anything that it will come across. So throughout my career, I go, got about six or seven times deploy of the ship for this duty to just to assist, support that either family member or that guest. I remember it was about three, four years ago on board a ship called Brilliance of the Seas. Uh, I was actually about to sign off, which means that my my contract was about to finish. We were getting into Denmark. was the very first time that that particular ship was docking into Skagen. While we were trying to dock, it wasn't possible because of the weather conditions. Uh, It was very, very windy. Waves were very high and it was just no way... Uh, for the ship to be able to dock safely into the port. So while we were there, um, it happened that uh, one of the guests suffered a medical emergency. I believe it was his hip. He he broke his hip. Uh, I think he tripped somewhere around the ship. And they definitely have to be evacuated and sent it to a hospital, which the nearest hospital was in Alburn, if I remember correctly, somewhere in, in, in Denmark. They tried several times with a rescue boat to come over, but it was nearly impossible for them to do it. So um, they decided to bring a helicopter. Although the ships where I was on, they have a helipad where that helicopter can land. Um, it was such a risk to land it that they uh, only have to throw some lines. And my manager at the time asked me if I didn't mind because of my certification. And the only person that I could probably just go, it was myself at that point. They they asked me whether or not I wanted to be part of it. And uh, I said, yeah, it, it, it is okay to 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 go ahead and and just w- go with this fellow. So um, they took me out on the helipad. I remember just this emergency team was there deploy as well, and they were trying just to get me uh, with the paramedics. They bring the gentleman up in a basket. And afterwards, one of the paramedics, uh, I remember it was a very tall lady, um, just basically told me to secure myself. She put some some harness on me and then just clip me over to the rope and bring me up on the helicopter. So I, I remember it was like one of the kind of experience because I never uh, I never hopped into a helicopter. So we went up and we flew about 20, 30 minutes away from from where we were. And we got to the nearest hospital and the the gentleman got uh, better and so on. I stood there for about four or five days, but it was one of the six or seven times that I was deployed. So definitely you can, as a crew or either a guest, be taken to the nearest hospital, whether Depends where we are, no, because we also do transatlantics or transpacifics where there is no way a helicopter will come. However, if we are near to some um, land or port of call, definitely just the coast guard of the country where we are, uh, they will come to rescue. I hope I answered your question, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you went a little bit more um, on the part of the people for the uh that is more than a passenger i was like um more just like um if you have a personal emergency when it comes to you to you as a crew member like for example you were mentioning there may be some weddings some birthdays some even uh, bad times when they that it may be concerned a funeral of course like is it possible for you are you allowed to leave the boat for those special occasions? The occasions such as weddings and birthdays, uh, they do not consider that as an emergency or you can't really go, no. However, if there is a funeral or someone from your 
closest family passed away, which is definitely unfortunately, uh, but that will be on the line of either your father, mother, brothers, or sister, any sibling, uh, either your your wife or, or, or your kids. If that's the case, definitely they will let you uh, go in something that they call compassionate leave, where you can or you have or must fill out a document where um, you will incur with all your expenses and then uh, you could take up to two weeks unless they, they change the policy. But that was when I was there on board. So you practically can, can leave any time if, if there is just any emergency that you have to attend at home. So this is basically the same procedure as you mentioned on the how they were helping the passenger to get better uh, when it happened this situation with, with, their, uh, with their hip. So... In that case, it's a heli uh, helicopter goes to the boat if you're in the middle of the sea, or how do you move? Like, um, I mean, I'm really not quite familiar. How long does it take for a for a ship to get from, um, I don't know, from America to Europe or America to Africa? So if you're in the middle of the Atlantic, is it possible for they to send you a helicopter just to take you, and so you can be attending to this specific, um occasion uh, a family situation no that's definitely something that they won't do so how it works is you must uh, yeah you must wait until you get to then follow the next port of call and it does depends of your nationality and the country where you're calling into um, as long you have all the proper documentation such as visas or any requirements that that particular country asks you to have in order for you to travel uh, from there to your home country, then you can do so. If not, you might have to wait until the next port of call or so on, and you will incur with all the expenses, which definitely a helicopter won't be uh, something that uh, that you could or anybody really can pay unless it's a, a life-threatening situation when it's happening to you or either the passenger. Okay, okay. I think that answers my question definitely. So, so you were mentioning on this answer some of the requisites that you need uh, to have. In this case, we're talking about good health condition. So, where and how can someone apply for a position as a crew member in a cruise ship? Uh, for example, um, I was listening on one of your previous episodes that you need to handle your school diploma, medical records, but can you please elaborate a little bit more on this? Is there any restriction or anything for you to work on this job? I mean, any condition? I mean, it could be medical, it could be scholar. Um, I don't know. What would be the reason why they will not accept you as part of, of, a, of a crew? So there are a couple of ways to you, uh, for you to apply or search for a jobs for uh, onboard cruise ships. It depends on the country where you're applying from, but mostly the first and the most recommended option is basically looking for a higher partner. Uh, each countries or sometimes even territories have a, a hiring partner assigned to them. That hiring partner will have about um, three or four different options in regards to the cruise lines that he could uh, provide you with some some opportunities or jobs options. Mostly those tra uh, hiring partners will get information from the cruise lines that on that particular region, they require only, I would say, just waiters, assistant waiters, uh, cooks, perhaps um, guest services officers, uh, housekeeping staff, whatever they require most, they will send that to the hiring partner. That hiring partner will post it either on their um, social media profiles or as well on their website. For us uh, in Mexico, we do have only one travel partner, if uh, I'm not mistaken. It's just the same for the whole country, and he's located in Cancun. Um I think the name of the, the company is Perso Hotel. And he have a website, which is a bit, um, I will say, uh, and I say it before, it's a bit looked like a scam, but it's not really, I can assure you, uh, I went myself 
and I, I got hired and so on. He do not ask you for any money or cash in advance or anything like that. Uh, besides that, I believe he also have one office in Guadalajara and one more office in Mexico City, if I'm not mistaken. So um, that will be your way to go if you want to go from Mexico uh, itself. Any other countries, they might have to look them up online. Um, you can basically go to the Cruise Line website and on careers, um, you can go there and then there is, should be an option where it says hiring partner. Um, that's the first and most recommended option. The second one will be to do it just straight with the cruise line. Uh, most of the cruise lines, as I mentioned, on the homepage, you will go down on the footer of the website and it will have the option for careers. And then you basically go in there, um, take and look for these restrictions, either about nationalities or the Um, requirements that you need in order for you to apply for certain jobs. Besides that, as a sign-on crew, uh, we are in Twitter, um, LinkedIn, and also in Facebook. Every week, post different job positions that they come along, either from any hiring partner that we are uh, working with or as well just the information the cruise line websites would post then we we put it or forward into our social media so that will be also something that you can look at uh, in regards about the requirements it does depends on which cruise line you are applying for and the position particularly myself all these Eight years that I work on board the cruise ships was for one single cruise line, which is Royal Caribbean. Let's say that we want to apply for Royal Caribbean for a position which is called guest services officer. Um, that is just front of the house and is just kind of like a receptionist, what you will do in a hotel. So those requirements will be posted on their website, but mostly you will have or must have Uh, two years experience on um, either uh, a five five star hotel or any cruise line that you worked with them before, but at least two years. Um, they ask you at least having your high school diploma in order for you to be able to apply. There is also just restrictions such as obviously having your passport. They will um, once you pass all these interviews or all the stuff that they have given you as uh, filters, they will provide you with something that is called, or they call LOE, which is a letter of employment, where uh, when you get that letter, you can present that into the embassy of the United States embassy in order for you to acquire the right visa. And this case is just a crew member visa, or it's just for... Yeah, for crew members and it's C1D, if I'm not mistaken. And then you go through all that process. Uh, one thing that you have to bear in mind is just particular on, on that cruise ship. And I believe most of them, you do have to pay for your first uh, flight in order for you to join the ship. Once you're coming back, it would depend on the position that you are applying for or the position that you uh, are working, whether you need to pay for your flight back or they will pay for your flight back. Pretty much like everything in life, it all depends. <laughs> okay, so basically, um, what you're saying is just like applying for a job like this. Could it be considered just applying like any other job or like uh, when you go and apply for a visa to the United States will be the same, um, the same requisites that, that you will need to fulfill before Um, being accepted for this job? Yeah, like mostly the things that they will require from any other companies, no? Either if you're going abroad on a cruise ship or either you working on a on a hotel uh, at your town, you will require your CV um, or resume, however you, you call it, uh, some letter of recommendations or... Uh, verification letters, um, they will give you all those requisites when, when you apply and it does depends on, on the job and your nationality because there are certain trainings that you have to get prior to 
get on board uh, some just such as a first aid training but it definitely just depends on the nationality and they will require for you to be uh, fit or healthy fit for duty that's how we call it uh it seems like uh, this employment is just like any other um with their particular differences of course like uh, for the nature of the job Um, and I've seen that uh, for what you just told me is that the contract or the hiring process is being doing by an outsourcing company, just like you said, right? It's not, uh, it's not only like the, the company itself, it's going to be uh, recruiting you directly, right? That's right. It could be either way. If you apply the straight and if your country don't have any restrictions in order for you to apply straight on the cruise line website, you could do so. If not, you might have to go for a hiring partner. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So when it comes to this kind of contracts, is this a permanent job or they're just temporary jobs? So they will give you, once you have your assignment, that job that you have uh, will be for the amount of months that you have signed up for. But as you know, um, we, like the companies have to protect themselves and also yourself have to know whether or not this job fits you or is for you. Um, by you joining the ship, once you join the ship, you have a probation period, which is about 90 days. They will give you two appraisals throughout that that period. Mid appraisal, just about just somewhere between that 90 days, like 45, and then one when you have 90. If you successfully pass those appraisals and you you integrate into the team as your permanent position. That permanent position means that you basically will be there until the end of your contract and they will hire you contract and contract basis and the ship or the cruise line will reserve the right to either hire you or not. But pretty much they, they will hire you if you obviously didn't do anything wrong and so on. They will hire you throughout that that time, send you home uh, for vacations. Once you're on vacation, you will receive a next assignment where you go ahead and join the next vessel. Okay, great. And I know that I have not even applied for this job, but um, tell us what about your vacations and your leave periods? Depends on your your position on board. The first position I took, it was uh, as a cook. That's how I was, uh, was hired on the first place. And my contract lasts for about nine months. And out of nine, out of that nine months, or just after those nine months, actually, um, they give me about two months vacations. So I spend it at home. They, um, I pay for my flight, uh, my very first flight to get on the ship. Once I was on the ship, then I finished my contract and they did pay me in order for me to head back. However, they do not pay you uh, for vacation on that particular position. Unless you are higher up the ranks, then you might get paid for your vacation. And I basically spend it at home. Uh, I mean, just I was coming here uh, to Mexico and spent about three, four weeks in here. And then I uh, was doing some backpacking. I went to Guatemala and some other places. Okay, that's great. So definitely there, um, you were mentioning that there are some positions, different positions on the, as uh, being part of the crew. Um, so can you tell us about the ranks and how the cruise ships operate? On the cruise ship, you, you will basically split it on two. One, which is the marine department and the hotel department. At the end, these cruise ships are catered to the hospitality industry, but It is also a moving vessel or is also um, a means of transportation. So you will have to have captains, uh, engineers, anybody that will require to just work on the engine in order for them to run it. But then also just on the hospitality uh, side, that will be the hotel. So I was working for the hotel part, which is the big department or the larger one. Um, in there, we divided with different departments. Uh, hopefully, I remember most of them. So you will have the entertainment department, which is the, is the one who will run the shows, activities. That is just one of the biggest departments as well. 
uh, that they have. You get their singers, dancers, you have their as well uh, activities manager, you have their the cruise director, you have musicians, a bunch of people working on that department. Then you will have another big department will be the food and beverage department where you will have just all the bar staff where you have from bartenders, um, bar leads, uh, bar manager, assistant manager, or just uh, bar utility, a lot of people that as well working on the bar. And then you will have as well the galley or the kitchen. That kitchen as well is one of the biggest department and you will have chefs, sous chefs, chefs de cuisine, commies, cooks, um, utility, a lot of people as well. You have another department which are just smaller, such as guest services, uh, where you will have um, the guest services manager, the front desk manager, the assistant uh, front desk manager, all the guest services officers and printers, and a lot of uh, people as well who do this specialty position, such as uh, event coordinator or group coordinator, people who will deal with immigration process, such as the guest administration officer. And then there is some other small departments, such as IT as well. They have very few people in there. And I think those those are the, the bigger departments. I, I hope I'm not missing. Well, maintenance is one of the largest ones as well. Um, they do have carpenters, electricians. They got plumbers. They got just a lot of people as well just working on board. And how is divided all together, we basically have from the highest rank, which will be the officers, then will fall down. Uh, to staff and then the crew. So example of officers not going that far as the captain or the hotel director will be just a manager or an assistant manager will be uh, considered an officer or even a supervisor. On the staff, you will think of, um, I would say there were singers and dancers perhaps, or the ice cast if you have a nice ring on board the ship. Uh, those people will be the ones who will be taking the title of the staff and the crew will be from, I will say, the waiters, the bartenders, uh, the utilities. Um, that's how it basically breaks down. I, I hope that answer as well your question. <laughs> yes, and you give a broader uh, information. So definitely doesn't matter if you... Uh, you don't have to be specific, uh, an specific from an specific area. Uh, if you have any special uh, skill, you definitely could apply for a different position, on because you maybe uh, well be serving on uh, on a position for a crew. Um, so that's great to know because I mean most of the people that we know probably we have a different background and we may not want to be applying for those positions because we are not sure if our abilities or skills are gonna be suitable for for working on a cruise ship. So as you were mentioning, dancers, uh, carpenters, um, IT people, even they could even apply for some dispositions. So it's good to try if you would like to to be part of a of a cruise ship. Uh, give you this opportunity to be part of this one and go ahead and apply. So moving on on this one also, um, tell us what is like leaving on a on a cruise ship like where do you leave uh where's your room how do you leave there well i go with the same answer will all depends <laughs> so okay. i was particularly on several ships probably about eight or nine ships that i was on many of them or most likely you will be living on uh, we divided the ship by decks so we'll start from the twin deck or probably there is some below but then you start from the twin deck, uh, deck zero, deck one, deck two, three, four, five, and so on. Some of the decks have rooms, some of them don't have, or cabins, as we call, or stay rooms for the guests. So for the crew members, normally on the ships that I, I was on, we have we have cabins on deck from twin deck, deck zero, deck one, sometimes even deck two. And one of them particularly, I have a room on deck zero, no, deck four. And then one I had a room on deck 10. So normally you will have it on the lower decks, which is just uh, deck one, deck zero or twin deck if you are not that lucky. 
but um, the living condition, the, the the rooms are pretty small and and just you depends on your position. But if you do not have a higher rank, you will have to share that room with someone else. So it's limited space, and on top of that, you will have a roommate to share with. So there's just not much space uh, to walk around or do things. Okay, so basically, the higher the rank, the higher the benefits as well, right? Yeah, the, the, some of the perks that you might get as um officer, or just like, if you compare between an officer and a crew, for example, which are just the opposite side of the spectrum, you will have privilege such as visiting or just going into the guest areas, right? Uh, where the crew members uh, will be allowed into those guest areas only if it's part of their duties. Um, let's say that you are a stateroom attendant, right? and you clean in rooms and so on. Uh, once you finish cleaning the rooms of uh, the stay rooms from the guests, then you have to go to uh, the crew areas and you're just not basically allowed or able to go into a guest areas. I mean, there is exception, obviously, if we have activities or if an officer invites you, then you could probably join and then you have to align with uh, certain dress codes okay okay um so another question it will be like how long does your ship last i mean is it from i mean i know uh it's probably that on a ship that you're in the middle of nowhere um there's people who has to work 24 7 but usually as in your current position i mean on, on the position that you were working on For what time to what time did you work? So the last position I was working on is it was the assistant front desk manager. My shift will start, I would say, about 12 noon. So I, I consider myself pretty lucky because I was able to do a bunch of things prior to go on my shift. Um, I could just have breakfast, I could do some laundry, even reading, and sometimes even going ashore and then just come back and start working. So I will be there from 12 o'clock all the way to 5 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. And then I will have a break between 5 to 8 p.m. And then once I come back at 8 p.m., then I will finish until midnight. Obviously, it depends on the day of the cruise on the itinerary, but mostly that was my schedule. That sounds good. Um, when it comes, you were mentioning to some things, are you allowed to move or is there any particular um, area on the cruise Um, on the cruise ship that you have to stay in as a crew member or can you interact with the guests or can you move all around are you free to to drive yourself all around the around the ship I would say it depends on your position so on my uh, experience as a system from this manager which was my last position I was able to interact with guests um, to a point, no, obviously just business related uh, things that you might probably, if you finish your shift and then you get caught up with a guest uh, talking about something else rather that it wasn't were related, you could continue, uh, go ahead and, 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 and talk with them and so on. If you are just encounter a guest or you just, walking and you see someone you actually encourage either as a staff a crew member or officer to speak to them greet them and make them feel welcome no that's the whole uh, thing about the hospitality industry to make everybody feel like they are at home or make them feel that they are welcome so you are encouraged but obviously you all of these things have a limit no you obviously You can really have friendship with a guest or you couldn't really share your Facebook uh, among yourself, for example, or your email address, things that um, the, the company is very strict in regards about just not mingling with them into a point where you, you become a relationship other than the work uh, related things. 
yeah, definitely you have to stay professional all the time, no matter um, no matter what your job is all about. How many days will it take for the cruise to get from America to Europe? How long does it take? This is just basically how how the cruise ships or just like while on my experience how it works. So you will hop on a ship and those ships, they, they have turnaround port, which is the home port where they will be sailing. Miami, for example. So mm -hmm. you will be sailing from there, from Miami. And then you will have cruises uh, about five days long or seven days in length. And then you will be going, let's say, to the Caribbean, right? So mm -hmm. you do on one seven-day cruise, you do Eastern Caribbean. And then on the five days, you might do Western and so on. Um, the times on those transition or those crossings that we call, uh, in regards about your question, how long it takes, it depends how how it's been settled on the schedule for that particular ship, how many ports we will be calling into before we arriving into our destination. But if, uh, let's say, um, we're leaving from Miami port and we will have a 14-day crossing, not all the time we spend it at sea. I mean, obviously, the ship is floating on the ocean, right? But... Um, we will be docking or calling into certain port of calls before we arrive to our final destination. So let's say we leave from Miami and then we go ahead and just uh, our uh, final destination will be Southampton, England. So we will take about seven days in order for us to uh, go from Miami all the way to Azores. So we will dock into Azores. Uh, after seven days, so we will refuel the the ship. Perhaps if we uh, require some fuel, we will get some uh, fresh water supply. Uh, we will get just some of the um, things that the inventory will have to get in, such as dairy products, uh, fruit, vegetables, whatever we require as an inventory, right? And then from there, we will just continue and perhaps we will go uh, somewhere to Spain and then continue in some of the ports of call until uh, we reach France and then from there go to, uh, through the English Channel to get finally to Southampton. You're basically spending a whole week. So usually the works uh, or a regular job It gives you two days off. Does it happen the same when you're on a ship? I mean, you still have your two days off or you're going to have more time when the when the ship gets to the final destination. How does that work? We do not uh, <laughs> have any day off, not a day off throughout your assignment. Okay, so you will be working seven days straight, right? You will be working seven days a week straight for however the length of your contract will be let's say um i have a five months and and a half contract from the day that i joined the vessel uh, throughout those five months and a half i will basically work every day so no they south till the time your vacation well they they will pay it back when when you go for vacation no and that sense is just like if you are working on a regular job you will mm -hmm. uh, be working from monday to friday if you're lucky and then you have the weekends off right so that's, that's about how many weeks do we have 52 weeks 52. so that's times two that's about 100 and some days throughout the year plus your vacation which is about 10 days so let's say that you get 120 days vacation on a regular job throughout or day off throughout the whole year Mm -hmm. us we will have about five weeks or sometimes even two months well depends uh, it just let's say that we have five weeks five times seven okay i think we may get a calculator on this one but i mean pretty much it compensates right so i mean well, the same it kind time. of yeah because you you will have five uh five weeks vacation after your assignment so throughout the year you will get depends on your contract but if you have about five months you will get those those times of like five weeks every time that you sign off so that's how they compensated i guess okay yeah definitely definitely sounds good and i think it's fair like i mean you you get some other perks like when you're traveling all around the world so the next question will be like do you have any chance 
or are you allowed to get out the board, uh, the boat um, when you get to on a specific port or to on a specific destination? Let's say that you get to that you're sailing from Miami to the Caribbean, you go to Barbados or I don't know. Are you allowed to get out the boat while the guests are also outside? You're definitely allowed as long it is just on your schedule that you have that free time, no? So that would be one thing. And then there's another stuff that you might have to consider. Um, they call it uh, in-pormenting, which is basically uh, something that it was developed for uh, an emergency in a port. So there is certain amount of crew that have to be on board the ship while the ship is calling into a port. So if you are in one of that lucky list of uh, in-port manning, you might not be able or allowed to go all off the ship uh, into that particular day that you've been assigned to, to be on board to perform your emergency duties. Or if you don't have time in your schedule, unfortunately, you might have to wait for the next port of call. But the schedules or the supervisors on that sense In that case, it was myself, uh, will assign fairly schedules in order for everybody to get a chance for them to visit the port of call. That sounds awesome. So I think this is uh, one of the main reasons why most of us uh, would like to join for a position like this. I mean, the chance to get to know uh, several uh, cultures and even different places, like every time when you when you sail into uh, uh, or when, you, when the ship stops into another port, That will be one of the of the benefits of this job. So can you tell me a little bit more about what do you eat on the ship? Well, I will basically eat just what I normally eat in here. No, I will have some salads, um, some proteins, just chicken, pork or beef. It depends what is in the mess. No, we do have several messes, we call them, and they are like buffet styles where we can pick our food and they will try to cater to the majority of the nationalities. So one or Some other day, if there is a independence for any country, they will definitely just try to just do uh, the food that they typically eat and so on. Um, I remember there was a lot of people complaining about the food. Myself, particularly, I was just grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Do you have a specific area as a crew member for you to go to eat or you are or are you allowed to go to the same restaurants on the ship that the rest of the passengers go? You do have an assigned location, as I, call, uh, as I mentioned before, this is called messes, uh, the crew mess and the staff mess uh, on those ships that I was on. So you will go according to the time that they have. It depends on the ship that you are on as well, because the larger ship um, have a 24 hours venue. However, the smaller ones will have restricting hours no like such as let's say for breakfast you will have from six o'clock in the morning uh, all the way to 8 30 nine o'clock perhaps and then um, lunchtime will start around 11 30 will finish about three three o'clock 2 30 perhaps I, uh, I don't quite remember the times but that's basically just the, that gap that they give you dinner will start around 5 30 and will finish uh, around nine o'clock and that's how how it goes no depends on your position because if you are a officer or staff you're also allowed to go to certain locations of the ships where the guests will go and enjoy their meals now those locations you definitely have to obey by the rules that they say guests come first and it just they are paying guests no so basically uh, if it's the venue pretty full or the venues are struggling with the staff and they are not able to serve Um, you use common sense, no? Uh, mm -hmm. You won't join a restaurant that they are struggling to serve the paying passengers when um, you just want to be greedy and, and, and get some food yourself as a crew member when you're getting paid uh, to be there and serve those guests. That's, that's interesting as well. So many people uh, from around the world, they're working on the same, on the same cruise ship. So... Um, What was your experience about when it comes to work with different people from around the world? I, I think this could be considered one of the most enrichment opportunities that you that you may have, like working on a on this 
type of jobs. That is just sometimes good and bad, no? Because we as humans, we tend to put labels on on people and more than people, nationality. So there are certain nationalities and I would say just probably it's not the nationality itself, but the person. And some of them are very hard worked. Uh, some of them are very humble. Um, there are certain crew members or just certain people that they will have a lot of bad habits embedded into because of the amount of of years that they've been working on board the ships. Um, there is a saying that it reads like uh, you can teach uh, an old dog a new trick, no? So there are just a lot of people that have acquired a lot of bad habits throughout their shipboard careers. And that's where they're standing, no? But I try to see the positive way and and just mostly I, I learn from pretty much everyone. Yeah, definitely. So you got to be open all the time about other cultures, about other ways of living and ways of thinking, uh, especially. So, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much really Really interesting to know all about this. What is uh when it comes to to the communication? I mean, many things that several people has to learn the same language. Most of the people have to speak in English, right? Uh, that is the main uh, source of communication. Even if you are not bilingual, uh, if you come from a native uh, English-speaking country such as England or the United States, then you can definitely just work there. Uh, you do not require a second language. However, if your nat native-speaking uh, language is other than English, definitely you do have to be bilingual and there is trilinguals and polyglots throughout these crew members and stuff. But you do require English because it's our main form of communication. And that's what we speak with passengers or with guests. And that's what we speak amongst ourselves. Uh, there are certain restrictions when it comes, especially on the company that I was working on, when you are not allowed to, to speak uh, your native language with people from your country or some other country that speak your language in a guest area, unless you are using it to assist or help a guest. Uh, that's the time that if someone is Spanish speaker, uh, that will be my case. And if a person from Venezuela requires some direction, obviously you just not gonna go ahead and be an ass and say everything in English if he can uh, not understand what you're saying. No, So you will cater to the guests and will assist them the best that you could. In, in that sense, they actually encourage us to speak our native language by them uh, putting into our name badge or what it used to, uh, right now I don't remember if they do, but they used to put some flags into your name badge in order for the guests or the passengers to be able to identify themselves or the flag of that particular language for them to speak more comfortably in their native language. Okay, and so I think this is gonna be my last question. Uh, it's also related to communication. How do you communicate with your significant people like your family uh, when you're in the middle of the ocean? Uh, do you have internet access, uh, mobile services? Uh, that's a very interesting um, question. So I normally get this question in regards about the internet. Uh, if we get um, free internet on board, and unfortunately it is not the case, not on that uh, company that I was working for and several other companies, they do not offer that uh, free service even to the crew members. So what we will do as a crew members, we will basically wait until the, the next port of call where you can go to uh, a cafe perhaps and then just get some Wi-Fi and then just text your family or friends. Um, there's some um, ocean phone cards that you could use. Um, they are a bit pricey, um, but it's just a bit cheaper than the internet. So you kind of have to see what you need it for. You probably can type the email that you wanna send out, you type it all out, and then that's the time that you buy, you buy your time of the internet, and then you just use it in order for you to send it out. Um, it's pretty um, slow, so you have to have a lot of patience when it comes to the internet, and also it is very pricey. So when um, we will communicate with our families, we will do it through Wi-Fi on the port of call, which is the most 
recommended method, but if you really need to get in touch with them, definitely just either purchase the internet or purchase an ocean ocean phone car. And in regards about the cell phone services, uh, your cell phone might not have the signal, but if you do, uh, you will have to pay roaming. And it's not a regular roaming that you will pay when you're going abroad to a certain countries. It's something that is just uh, satellite-based, I guess. And it's just, it gets very expensive when, when you use it either by you receiving messages or sending them or either just connecting, you can't even connect to the internet though, uh, but calling or receiving calls, you you will have to pay a lot. I don't recommend it. I did have it at the beginning and it was just a waste of, of money because you will um, get um, survey, for example, from a, from your provider of the cell phone company and will say just like, oh, we just want to know how you're doing. Uh, everything's okay. Would you please just fill out this service? You just basically want to hang up the phone because it's costing you a lot of money. If you have an emergency, let your family or um, significant others know that they could reach out the actual cruise line and the cruise line will direct them to the ship where you at. So you will require just probably the ship you are on and also your your ID number that you could give to those that, that family in order for them to reach you while you are abroad. And if an emergency happened, um, they are pretty good in just trying to communicate emergencies among the 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 ship and the the staff at the working uh, ashore and the ones working on board we we do have a lot of communication and they will definitely reach you out okay sounds sounds great so i think that's all the questions that i have alfie so thank you very much for giving me this chance well thank you bernie I hope you found today's episode helpful. I would like to thank our guest, Bernie, for joining me today. If you like our work, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. It will be great if you can leave us a review or share it with a friend. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or any topics you would like me to further touch on, please email us at podcast at signoncrew.com. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>